Welcome to Running It Back, the lessons learned podcast about sports and life and all things. Uh, speaking of all things, I'd, I'd love to talk to Tarlin about some things. Tarlin, how are you doing today? That was a fantastic intro. <laughs> I tried. I don't, think we should, I don't think we should edit that at all. No, it was perfect. That <laughs> was perfect. It was perfect. Um, doing well on a Friday. Yeah. Um, definitely want to take a mo- moment of silence, September 11th. Mm-hmm. lost some uh, really brave souls that went into the building uh, 9-11 and just a tragic day mm-hmm. but great to spend time with you yeah yeah and we'll try to get this out as soon as possible so that it's timely and uh, relevant to folks in early September in addition to the 19th anniversary of uh, September 11 2001 we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a bit it's also the day after the first football game of the NFL game of the 2020 season. So the Kansas City Chiefs played the Houston Texans last night in Kansas City. And we're also going to want to put that in a little bit of context. And then we're going to try to run that back to uh, some lessons over the years, some connections to other ideas over the years. So we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Colin Kaepernick and, and his role and, and whether he should get a job or should have gotten a job or how to think about how he has been treated since his protest back in 2016. And we're also going to talk a little bit about quarterback controversies because the quarterback is a very captivating figure and uh, there can only be one starting quarterback for the most part. Typically, right? Yes. Yeah. We may even, we might even touch on some Friday night lights, but we're not going to overpromise. but we also wanted to, the first time we're doing a football show, just showing Show folks, we got some range. We're not just a basketball podcast. We're uh, lessons learned from sports. And uh, the sport that we're going to talk about right now, Tarlin, is, is football. And, and we wanted to talk a little bit about football and also just sports in general around 9-11. So I don't know how you want to... Uh, yeah, so it was an interesting night. One, the NBA is still going, so I was excited to know yeah. the Lakers are still marching along. Mm-hmm. Two... Having football back where you know that college football rightfully is on pause. There are some teams that are playing. Mm-hmm. The NBA's figured out the bubble MLB. This is fall. It feels like the seasons yeah. aren't stopping. And it feels like there's some sense of normalcy to have football yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So to have the Kansas City Chiefs, our Super Bowl champs, and Houston Texans playing, it was nice to have that because 2020 has been so unusual. Yeah. On top of that, the three-bagger for me was I was, as we often do, we were having a fantasy draft the night of the first game. Yeah. Do not want to discuss how angry am I, I am about right. the draft. And all self-imposed. That might uh, be bonus content. Like your, bonus break, your breakdown. Is how, yeah. how bad yeah. I think the team is. Yes. And I caused all of it. Yeah, yeah. If you're, um, if you're a Running It Back gold member, you can hear Tarlin's <laughs> analysis of his fantasy of his own team. team every week. Self-flagellation. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. For just nine ninety nine a month. It's a bargain. So the thing, the thing about it, if you think back to uh, 9-11 and days after 9-11, you think about world wars, hard to say, world wars. Mm-hmm. Sports is a release. Sports is a way for people to connect, to have those hours away where we yeah. all can have a shared experience and love for competition yeah. and for our players. It's an escape. Uh, yeah. It's a total escape. 2001, 
it brought, especially baseball and football, mm -hmm. it really brought the country together and it showed that we were strong as a nation. Yeah. Last night, you were hoping that it would do the same thing. The game was played in Kansas City, limited capacity, huge yeah. state with 17,000 Chiefs and potentially Texans fans, any NFL fans let into the stadium. Yeah. What the NFL opted to do was play this Star Spangled Banner. And at the same, and, after, and prior to that, they played the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Mm -hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs were on the field for both anthems. The Houston Texans stayed in the locker room for both anthems. Mm -hmm. And then after the anthems were completed, came onto the field so they could have a moment of silence and unity. And they locked arms in center field. Mm -hmm. As we talk about sports bringing us together, what happened in Kansas City was the players, as the Houston Texans were coming onto the field and as they were in the moment of silence, fans were booing. Yep. And unclear if they were booing because the Houston Texans stayed in the locker room because yep. during the national anthem mm -hmm. or booing because of the moment of silence. Yeah, or the, or the COVID protocols where the temperature guns chilled too much so that yes. they, didn't, like, they didn't like the check-in exactly. process. Who knows? But potentially, but... It just continued to reinforce that while sports in the past was absolutely an escape, we aren't in those times anymore. Yeah. Even the Houston Texans, who uh, rightfully didn't want to make, they stood, stayed in the locker room because they didn't want to make an issue of not being on the field for the Black National Anthem. Or being yeah. national, it wasn't about the anthem, but being right. supportive of fighting systemic uh, oppression and racism people can't see beyond that. And that's unfortunate. And yeah. we've lost that sports innocence. Right, right. And it's hard to produce compelling television that way too, to folks who want that escapism. So I was watching it live and it just, it felt like bad live TV. Like they didn't really know how to cover it, let alone not knowing how to cover uh, 17,000 fans or no fans. In some ways, no fans is easier to understand because you know how they're going to react. Once you let live fans in, you don't really know what they're going to do. So it's harder to control the narrative. And who were those folks? How did they feel? You know, it's an interesting set of questions. And then I also thought they might've just been ready for some football. They might've just been ready. Like it, I heard it was 55 degrees. So it's probably fine Thursday night. So I'm not sure what the tailgate situation was. I imagine they're pretty tight. Uh, controls over what the experience is like for fans prior to getting in and then when they are there it's just change for everyone and then how did they respond to this confusing tableau that was presented for them they booed it's also I, I think interesting to understand that anger is just there like live fans want to have a great experience they want to go there by the time the the Chiefs started to roll the fans were into it they were actually into it uh, from a football standpoint from start, but, uh, but it's interesting just to think about the mindset that the players have to be in, but also the mindset that the fans need to be. Are fans in the right head about systemic injustice when they're going to see a football game right now? I think there's a little bit of fatigue there too among the many of us. And I think they just wanted to get to that escapism you're describing, Tarlin. And I think it's a reminder to me of the NBA walkout where, you know, increasingly in the bubble in the NBA, there was less coverage of what was happening pregame. And it was more like, let's just get into the routine of playing basketball because that'll be a great diversion for everybody. And then 
Jacob Blake happened and it brought it all front and center. I'm not hoping for something like that, but I do think there will be more opportunities to respond to what's happening in the real time in the world around us and have players take those actions. It'll be really interesting to see if live fans continue to be part of the uh, NFL, which it looks like they will be. What happens when there's a more, a stronger action or something like, what if there were, what if a game, what if they decided not to play the game? Which is what uh, Robin, my wife, who was watching the pregame with me, are they not going to play? Because she had seen, not a big sports fan, and she'd seen the Mets and Dodgers coordinate uh, a walk-off, like a, not, a non-game, you know, a week or two ago. So she thought they were just not going to play the game. Had they not played the game, the live fans, I think, would have been even more unruly because I think they just wanted to see the football game they were there for. So it's layers upon layers, Tarlin. Yeah, and players have been booed forever. They've been called everything under the sun. And at times when they're playing, I'm not saying it's right, but they almost have tunnel. They almost can't hear some of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying um, create the escape and just avoid everything else, right? You just have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And to your point is live TV. So be intentional about what you're going to do. Yeah. And do it. NBA has been intentional the whole time. They're we're going to do this uh, mm-hmm. during national anthem. Here's what. Here's the 31 names you can have on the back of words yeah. you know, about New Jersey. Yep. So it's it may not. It's not enough for those players who are sitting in a bubble and think about not only COVID but mental health issues, just being so isolated. Yeah. Or you have another atrocity. You say, what can we do? Right. So I'm not saying I want just the full escape and don't have any of this. I'm just saying right. just be intentional. Yeah. And and make sure that you stay committed. This is the last league to have any credibility right. because let's get to Kaepernick. Yeah. The guy who from has not played it down since 2016-17 season. Right. Was kneeling during the national anthem. He always said it was not about the United States flag or people in the military. Mm-hmm. And the he got no broad support. The owners got no, and basically, whether you like it or not, he was black on his last season. Kaepernick, it was a 59% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, two, two rushing touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. He rates out whether or not it's one of the top 32 quarterbacks, but at least the top 64 quarterbacks then and now. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick should have a job. If you cycle to what the Houston Texans did last night, where they were not on the field for the anthem, they once again, it's Colin Kaepernick's single message with a few other people kneeling, Eric Green and others, magnified, which is it's not about the anthem. Yeah. It's just about us coming together to fight what we see as what is unjust in society and continue mm-hmm. to create an equal playing field for everyone. Yeah. And so I just felt like there was a massive connection point. Yeah. And Something that the NFL needs to grapple with because Goodell a couple weeks ago said, yeah, we should have listened to Kaepernick earlier. Yeah. So they've created sort of four years of they have to have some more intention. The NFL is going to do yeah. a lot more to figure out how to create the escapism, but not just put a blind eye because they will have many fans that will um, not be happy on both on as our 45, like say on both sides. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and it was interesting. I think only one player on the Chiefs was kneeling during the anthem, which is another, like that, it's an oldie but a goodie. That, uh, that still is staying true to the original uh, concept of the protest, uh, which Kaepernick, and we talked about that a bit when we were talking about uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, 
where you know it was really to honor the dead is is why the the kneeling came in, which is something that he got from from a green beret. So it is interesting that the symbolism of that action is something that is still being maintained, but barely unclear what was happening in the Houston locker room. But there was at least one player on the field who was taking a knee during the anthem and the fans could see that. Didn't seem like that was the time when the booing was happening. It seemed like it was more during the unified action when, when Houston came out. But, uh, but yeah, it is something we're going to continue to, to monitor. I do like to think uh, the, the, the great uh, poet uh, Gil Scott Heron's quote, the revolution will not be televised. But it's interesting what happens in terms of who takes an E and whether it makes the TV show or not. And, and what actually is activating change. When Kaepernick first was sitting out, no one really noticed. It was the type of thing that frequently those quiet acts of consciousness happen off camera. And those are the things that really begin a movement. What's interesting now is we're in the midst of a movement and it's unclear where it's going to go next, which should make for better television, but it's not football. We want the escapism of the sports. Other thoughts or do, or do, we, do we want to move into some no, of the last, sports? Last stuff? thought. And then I think we can spring off Kaepernick because I think it is interesting. We're in, back in the NFL season to talk about uh, QB controversies. Yeah. Part of one mm-hmm. in the past. We also remember the national anthem has been played in the NFL games since 1945, but players were not required to be on the field during the national anthem until 2009. Right. So we were also fighting for something that is barely 10 years old, mm-hmm. saying that players must do something mm-hmm. when it was never a requirement before. And the only times that players stood for the national anthem were either during the Super Bowl or after 9 11. Right prior to 2009. Mm-hmm. So just something to think about when we keep wanting to wrap things that are happening and saying it's, and I just fundamentally believe it, it's not about flag or being true to the country or, or being a good American. Mm-hmm. That being said, Kaepernick, our springboard, and he's 32 years old and maybe he'll have a job soon. Kaepernick will have, was part of his own QB controversy back in the day, because Alex Smith, number one pick out of Utah, was holding down the fort, a uh, good game manager, as they like to call him. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick was the upstart that Jim Harbaugh plucked into the lineup, and Kaepernick ended up taking the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Similar Brady Bledsoe moment, even yeah. though Kaepernick didn't win the Super Bowl. Alex Smith did not get hurt. It was just because of his play, and he was looking for a spark. Mm-hmm. And so you, as we were prepping for this, you, you wanted to talk about some of the QB controversies out there. Which one do you think is going to be the one that we need to watch this year? As I think there are a few that draw parallels to things that we saw in the past. Yeah, a couple. And just another beat, I think, on the, the race side. One aspect of quarterback controversies over the years has been whether a black quarterback could be as good as a white quarterback. And in recent years, that conversation has moved to the, the back burner, where right now, I, I think you were saying there are 10 starting quarterbacks in uh, the NFL. 10 starting. I'd like to name them off real quick. Cam yeah. Patriots, Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs, Deshaun Watson for the Houston Texans, Tyrod Taylor, Chargers, Lamar Jackson, MVP, Baltimore Ravens, Teddy Bridgewater, formerly of my Vikings, mm-hmm. Carolina, Kyler Murray, second-year player in Arizona, Dak Prescott, waiting for his big contract for the Cowboys, Russell Wilson, Premier MVP, Seattle Seahawks, and Dwayne Haskins. 
Mm. or the Washington football team. Yes, exactly. So long history of controversy there where frequently there weren't conversations about quarterbacks who probably should have had a shot in the NFL because of a long history of not reimagining the, the, the potential that could be realized by drafting and developing talent. So I think there is a lesson to be learned more an error of omission over the years. There were some transcendent black quarterbacks over the years. Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham, Mike Vick, Donovan McNabb. Dante uh, Culpepper. I got a lot of Vikings in me. Yeah. Randall Cunningham is jumped to mind. Also his Philadelphia days were pretty, pretty oh, remarkable, yeah. but, uh, but it was more of a marginal case. It was like, maybe you have one or two you know, Warren Moon, I think, is, is really the legend, the Hall of Famer, sure. who many of us forget about. But, but there's a long history of a small number of black quarterbacks breaking through. But of late, it, it does seem like that is a glass ceiling that, that may no longer come back. Like, I think the, the momentum is there. And if you, you look at the outcome of the Chiefs-Texans game last night, Patrick Mahomes is really a transcendent talent, and it does seem like between him and Lamar Jackson, they're redefining the quarterback position in front of our eyes. And it'll be interesting to continue to see how this develops. That being said, the controversy that is probably most captivating for me right now is the Aaron Rodgers controversy, where in some ways it's replicating the controversy that he was part of. It is a student has become the master, the roles have been reversed. And now just like he was drafted to replace Brett Favre before Brett Favre was really in Favre, Favre, excuse me, Brett Favre, now Jordan Love. Is that his name? Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan Love. I'll say it with, that's good. Utah, Utah State? Yeah, that's a good name to remember, right? Jordan Love. We've been talking a lot about Jordan Love when we talk about The Last Dance and about how people <laughs> think about is. the NBA. So that's a good mnemonic. To be released soon. To be released soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, Jordan Love is the rising talent who in some ways is a wake-up call for Aaron Rodgers, who's despite winning one Super Bowl in Green Bay, is now at a point in his career where there are some questions. And... I just thought from a lessons learned perspective, it's interesting to think about it uh, really from both sides or from all sides. All three, I think there's at least three sides that are interesting to me. One is from the aging player who is being long-term is going to be replaced. How do you establish a relationship? How do you understand how to manage that, comp- that competition, that controversy when you have the, the rising star who's been drafted to replace you on the one hand? Flip side, if you're the rising star or like the psychology of the backup quarterback is another thing that I think is really interesting. A lot to learn from there. You got to be ready. You know, Tom Brady with the clipboard turned into the goat. So something happened there. Like he was ready to go. Got to be ready to go as a backup quarterback. And then taking a step back, as someone who's managing a team, how do you think about keeping your talent fresh without undermining them? And how do you think about managing these generational shifts granted they're going to be harder in the NFL because the all the time is undefeated people get older and their skills decline but I think there's a lot of uh, lessons to be learned from how to handle these things with grace and dignity how to use them as motivators and then how to analogize from a quarterback controversy into lessons learned 
for us. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Are you any opportunity? Grace. So who's supposed to have grace and dignity? I just want to start there. Who's, who's we all are, Tyler. No. So Brett Favre, who we'll take in emails for those who can spot the movie yeah reference right but brett Favre held off aaron Rodgers for a few years mm-hmm. until he was summarily dumped into the jets and then he was on my vikings where mm-hmm. uh bounty gate where he got beaten up and we should have gone to the super bowl so it was only a matter of time i, I actually go back to something that belichick did as well mm-hmm. uh, drafting Garoppolo in the second round Yeah. after Brady had two okay seasons, really having poor performances in the NFC or AFC championship games. And then he had a, to your point, let's know, Brady had a, a resurgence. Yeah. Unbelievable footwork and went on a run of some of his best, best quarterbacking from 37 to 40 that you've yeah. ever seen. I think Giselle introduced him to Capoeira. But that's a separate story. <laughs> that was yeah. a separate story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see yeah. him do that. But yeah. thank you for letting me Yeah, you're me welcome. That. You're deep, welcome, listeners. That's some yeah. deep research. Yeah. <laughs> so to your point, if you are the GM, mm-hmm. yeah, you have an aging star. And most people believe that his arm talent, the only person that people, someone that can rival his arm talent is maybe Mahomes. And yeah. Rogers. But he's only won one. Some will say, though, he hasn't had the weapons around him. And you can make the same argument about Brady. Mm-hmm. And so if you're Rodgers and you're at your peak, you want to just bring in some more talent. Mm-hmm. And so you're pissed. So why would I have grace? At the end of the day, yes, is a team I played for my whole career. Mm-hmm. But why should I be happy about your future? I want to be happy about my now. Right. But by the flip side, if you don't have that grace, and you could also use it as a motivator. But 100%. I think that- I think that grace has an alternative to breaking too bad to the point that it gets in the way of your performance. There is an element of professionalism. At the end of the day, he needs to be more mercenary about it. That won't also, happen. Well, I mean, if he wins the championship, things change. You know, I'm so that you can't have just because someone's sitting in the same QB room and you're an ultimate talent. Just because someone's there, that will that should not affect your psyche. He's been he's got uh, three hundred pound lineman breathing down and chasing him down. Like Jordan loves there, that's fine. Yeah. I think his game. I would watch out for Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna ball. Right. And it's just to your point, and Aaron should see this. Like he watched it with Favre. He's gonna put Jordan on the sideline. He'll be there for a few years mm-hmm. if Aaron wants to stay. Yeah. Aaron has said that. He doesn't think he's there for the long haul. Right, right. So, and, and then I think the other element of it is wearing more of the management hat. The insurance policy around injury in the NFL is real. So in the event that you do lose the Drew, Bred- Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, arguably they had underinvested in a six-round draft pick from Michigan to back up Bledsoe, but Brady had some of those intangibles. So they, they, liked, intangibles. What, they liked what they saw with that kid. But watch, there is an insurance. Watch, watch his combine video. <laughs> Like, there is an insurance policy aspect to it. And if you think back to other quarterback controversies, in the case of the 49ers, you had two future Hall of Famers in Joe Montana and Steve Young back in the 90s. And Young was really drafted to replace Montana, who ultimately left for his second run in Kansas City, where he was a good playoff quarterback, but playoffs? But he never yeah. made it back to the Super Bowl in Kansas City. 
it does remind me of the second life. Uh, and I'm not talking the visor virtual reality second life, but I'm talking about the second football life that Tom Brady is now pursuing in Tampa Bay. So like I did think the controversy back in the day between Montana and Young was interesting. Young went on to win a Super Bowl as, as Montana's replacement. It is interesting to look at how Montana, who Tom Brady idolized, ultimately went to another team, Kansas City, had a couple of Midland seasons before retiring. Could that be the path for Tom Brady? I don't know. I don't know. But I just wanted to bring a quarterback controversy in that would let me talk about the GOAT. Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Tampa Bay, and is he going to be mediocre? So I got all that A couple in, so, things. Yeah, quick, please. Quick correction, yeah, yeah. because you may not remember Steve Young was wearing the Tampa Bay orange. He was. The day for two yeah. seasons yes. before he went to nine. So he, he wasn't, wasn't drafted, drafted by – Correct. He was I'll traded, clean, that, I'll clean it up in post. Thank nope, you for that. leave it there. Yeah. He was traded for and still created the same controversy. Something that's slightly different is Brady – had Jared Stidman and mm-hmm. Brian Horrier on the roster. Mm-hmm. Brady could have continued, and granted, they weren't going to come to contract uh, agreement, but could have continued to stay in, in New England. England. Mm-hmm. But I just, he was fed up. He yeah. doesn't think that he is, he thinks he's underappreciated. He's yeah. taken. I think the warmer climate's better for his pliability. He's doing the TV 12. 100%. So but like it's, the joints, the, the, the anti, it's anti-inflammatory with the humidity. There's a lot of reasons why it's down there. What is it called? TB5, TB4? TB12, yeah. Oh, yeah. 12. That makes sense. Yeah, That's yeah. his number. Yeah, he's got um, this really weird logo. Tom, please come on the show, clear the stuff up. But, but yeah, I'm sorry. You were, you were going somewhere. So he, he feels like he's underappreciated. He's taken, he's had salary-friendly deal or uh, team-friendly deals for years, mm-hmm. part of the reason is a partner that is making millions of dollars and his wife, Giselle, no. so he can take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's just, I think he wants to go somewhere where he can prove that his arm isn't a noodle. Yeah. They can still hit the deep out. Got some great weapons. Godwin, Mike Evans. Yeah. You got Gronk back. Yeah. You got Leonard Fournette that came there on a cheap. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot brewing. And then you also, I just want to throw in an aging Philip Rivers, who looks like he's shot putting the ball <laughs> out every time he throws it. And he's got, he's on tail end of his career. Yeah. New uniform in Indianapolis, which will be strange. And him mm-hmm. not barking in his, barking at people in his Chargers uni. Yeah. And then you also have Cam Manute. Cam, I was waiting for you to get to Cam, yes. For, former MVP. Yes. Who no one wanted. Mm-hmm. who Belichick picked up on the cheap and is now uh, leading a team. So we have a he's, lot he's of captain. He's the captain. And the, and the last one, which I think is interesting and it's someone's swan song. You don't expect him to lead teams is Drew Brees. Right. Who Drew Brees stepped in a little bit when at the height post Floyd, he said he would never couldn't understand why anyone wouldn't stand for the anthem. Had yeah. no respect for that type of person. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of backlash, about a lot of backlash in his mm-hmm. locker room. Mm-hmm. To his credit, and we'll see if he continues to walk the walk, his wife, himself, they apologized. Mm-hmm. They immediately reached out to learn more. Mm-hmm. So we have, it, it's a lot to follow as we follow the QB1s, including Lamar Jackson, who, People didn't think someone could be a running quarterback and throw and still win the MVP. So it's yeah. 
not to mention time. not to mention Mahomes and and then Dak Prescott talking about controversy. Skip Bayless knocking him for his statement that he was battling depression, which is another the stigmatization around mental illness and the prevalence of it in light of COVID are, are really interesting trends for us to watch as it relates to. Now it's, it's playing out somewhat in the, in the narrative of, of Prescott, who's waiting to get paid. Also, he may have, may have a great season. He said he had trouble practicing. Like, depression is a real thing. So it'll be an interesting thing to watch, but it's another place where controversy quarterbacks are lightning rods for controversy. It's an amazing narrative. Before we wrap, are there any ways we can tie this to uh, Friday Night Lights? Because this is our first football episode. We want to figure out how to keep doing football shows. And we may need to do a series on uh, Friday Night Lights as a spinoff. But, uh, but any, do, you have a, do you have clear eyes and a full heart about this, Tyler? What's going on? I have clear eyes, full heart. I did love the movie. I watched the show. But I haven't watched it in years. So yeah. what this will force me to do is binge, binge yeah. that. Tammy Taylor yeah. and crew. Coach Taylor yeah. and crew. Yeah. And always thinking about that QB1, like, really? Yeah. That's QB1? That's what we're talking about. Like, didn't seem yeah. like you had enough, enough zip on that ball. Yeah. But Taylor really was behind him. And yeah. yeah. His, daughter, his daughter liked him. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, but it's again, which, quarterbacks. Which, which, got, which got awkward. Drama. Quarterbacks are a, a, it's a role that comes with much drama. And as goes the quarterback, so goes the team. And uh, as goes the quarterback, as goes the league. Because remember yes. a lot of the a lot of the faces that were in the in the video, which forced the NFL and Goodell to make a statement following Floyd. Mm-hmm. It was the most prominent quarterbacks in the league: mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the face of the quarterback has changed. It's interesting that we still have prototypical quarterbacks and people that move in different ways, which means there's just an openness to opening up the playbook. But we we will watch that we'll look forward to watching NFL hopefully make it a full season yeah and here's hoping that I don't go seven and seven and we actually yeah yeah and stick around for that remember track us down for that bonus content we are now live on the the Apple uh, on iTunes we're live across anywhere you download podcasts if it's not on a platform you used to hit us up on at running it back fm on twitter that running it back.fm is our website We are live. We're tracking football. We're tracking basketball. Let us know some topics, some ideas. We'll keep running it back. Tarlin, uh, welcome to football season. Welcome to September and a somber day in terms of September 11th, but always fun to to break it down with you. Any final thoughts? Thanks for the time. Awesome. As unmuffled cars are driving down 6th Avenue, this is uh, Running It Back, coming to you live from Brooklyn and the greater LA area. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening.